We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. Hello, everyone. Excited for this conversation. And this conversation is really going to be focused around leadership. And you've heard from me many times that if I got to be the smartest guy in the room, I better change rooms. <laughs> so here's another case that I don't, yeah. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I got a good friend and a guy I'm getting closer and closer to all the time, Tom Henderson. And he's got a really unique story that I want you to hear. And he's doing some really cool things that's requiring him to lead in a different way. And... So first, let's just kick off. First of all, thanks for being here. Yeah, dude, for sure. Man, this is awesome. It's great. Yeah. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, awesome. So talk, talk to me. Just tell us your story. Yeah, so I mean, I'll kind of nutshell this. Because yeah, 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 yeah. as you just yeah. said, like, I mean, it's different and it's, yeah. it's a little bit uh, kind of crazy. But really, my story, Nathan, is, is a story of God's faithfulness throughout my life, okay? And in so many different ways. But um, the biggest way is probably just in putting people in my life at key moments when I needed those people the most. Um, you know, growing up in a home without a dad present, uh, dad, uh, not a part of my life from age nine on, uh, and then him spending about eight and a half of my years, teen years into my early twenties in prison, uh, left me as a, as a teenage dude, just trying to figure out, man, what is life about? And, and what does it look like to have healthy relationships in our lives? And I think about how faithful God was in putting specifically men in my life that could help me understand just how to deal with my emotions, dealing with just the, the, the gifts and talents that I didn't know that I really had, mm-hmm. um, how to use those, uh, lack of, of real confidence and self-awareness that I had just because of just the journey that I'd been on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's, it's been one of those, those stories that's been developing um, you know, throughout, like all of ours, but one thing just kept on seeming to lead to the next, whether that be with this person introducing me to this person or then this job, um, being trained in certain skills that can then lead to my next job. And then that job would help me give me vision for the next opportunity that God had. And so it was really just, just allowing that to happen while discovering so many different things about myself too. Mm-hmm. Well, with that story, which I'm always, I love stories. Yeah. Because we all have one. Yeah. And you probably had a point in time that you had a decision to make. And it could have gone two different directions. Yeah. But you had the right people that came alongside you that helped you teach some, teach you some of those things to allow you to make the right decision. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things that for me that was such a was such a huge revelation was understanding that that I especially as a teenage kid and going into my college years, I was one that was consistently wearing different masks um, based on where I was at and yeah. who I was with. And so if I needed to be one way with this group of people, I yeah. would do that. Yeah. This way with another group of people, I would do that. If I needed to perform well in the classroom or on the stage, because I was a big stage guy, yeah. I would do that. Why? Because it would get me the affirmation mm. that I so desperately desired in my life. But yeah. what was, was happening was I eventually began to ask myself the question of, but who am I really? Right. Because I'm just being who everybody else wants me to be. Yeah. Um, and then when I began to really understand, okay, so then who did, God make me to be. And these people that came alongside me that said, Hey, here are your giftings. Have you thought about this? Mm -hmm. Um, I see this in you. And as a young man, 
hearing different things like, I see this in you. Yeah. And could you ever see yourself doing this? Mm-hmm. That all of a sudden gave me, like took the shackles off a little bit. Right. And allowed me to kind of just kind of dive into that a little bit more, which was really very freedom giving. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So fast forward. You, from nine years old, had a lot of cool people come into your life. Yep. You started to learn a lot about self-awareness. You started to develop some confidence and empowered and started to get equipped with the tools. You started to lean into those. Mm. And now today, you're running an organization called ResGen. Yeah. Talk to us about ResGen. Yeah, so ResGen uh, really is about restoring generations of relationships with both God and with others. And it's, it's, it's had a couple different focuses at, uh, you know, at different age ranges that I would focus on at different times as, as the ministry has continued to mature. But right now, um, over the last six years, I've really been pouring a lot of my energies and time and efforts uh, into men specifically. And, and, ResGen helps men restore their relationships with God and others and grow in their Christ-likeness in every, every way. And so in every area of their life. And so uh, it's just been a, a fun process to see how, how that has developed. Um, one of the things that I've discovered, Nathan, as, as I've been meeting with men specifically over the last six years, but I've been working with people for over 20 years mm-hmm. um, all over the country. Mm-hmm. And although my story may be unique, in the specific situations or the individuals, uh, they're not, my story is not necessarily abnormal Mm -hmm. in that there's, as you said earlier, uh, we all have stories. Mm -hmm. We all have relationships that have been broken at some level. Mm -hmm. And so we're all asking the question is, is there hope for my relationships? Mm -hmm. And so as I've been able to share the, the journey that I went on in a journey towards forgiveness of my dad and restoring that relationship with my Mm -hmm. father, that was so key in understanding again, who I was and then how I could be used. Um, meeting with men specifically uh, in one-on-one situations, at men's breakfasts, at lunches, and then of course our, our largest event called the ResGen Men's Summit mm-hmm. has just been a, a really, I think uh, it's it's really helped a lot of guys just understand that, you know what, we can be real, we can be yeah. vulnerable, we can, we, right. can, we can admit that things hurt at yeah. times yeah. and that we really can take off the tough game, guy mask and feel something right. and that's okay. Yeah. And that, right. that will lead us yeah. towards greater health and um, greater success in other areas like our marriages, our relationship with our kids, and even in our businesses and how we operate out in the business world. Yeah. Because when things are good at home and in our relationships, they can't help but be better and we can't help but be more effective wherever we are. Right. Well, and as you became much more magnetic to me, because uh, I was watched you with ResGen, and what you've done there and seeing how many men last year were at the event? Well, well yeah, at the at live event, we have about a thousand men. And then on, on live stream and at simulcast sites, another couple thousand. Yeah. So, I mean, just the need and how that has exploded that, you know, emotions, men have feelings. No way. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need that. Right? I mean, I think women have been much better at it than we have uh, leading into it. Historically, that's true, yes. <laughs> for me, learning that, hey, I, I do need to lean into my feelings here. I do need to understand them. Mm. I do need to talk through them. And so you've created a cool environment there. And as you've created that environment for just, I mean, I know you affect a lot more than men, but that's been a lot of your yeah. focus. You've had to learn a lot about leadership. And that's why really we're here in this conversation. Mm-hmm. I've watched you lead, lead yourself, which has been beautiful to watch. 
now what you've done to really influence so many people. What do you feel are the three attributes of a great leader? Well, it's gonna. You asked me for three, so I mean, you're gonna you're gonna really okay. challenge me, but I, but that's okay. The, you don't have to limit it to three. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me as no, many as you have. Well, okay. So I just think, like the, the the number one is that you just have to genuinely care for people. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, because leadership is about people. Yeah. All right. Leadership is about relationship. It's about people, and so you have to genuinely care about people, and that's something that you can only you you can't really fake that for long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so there there just has to be this this genuine care. Um, uh, another one would be that what I've learned from again some of these men that have been placed in my life, uh, especially in the formative years, mm-hmm. is the servant-hearted leader. Um, I love how Justin Forsett, nine-year NFL veteran, you know, he says that if you are too big to lead, excuse me, if you are too, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I got this for you. But um, if, if you're too big, too small to lead, I'm going to, I got to come back to that. All right. right. You're good. You're good. You're good. good. If you're too big to serve, that's what it is. If if you're a new, I knew it would come to me. If you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. Mm. And, and I think that we have this attitude as men a lot of times when we look at leaders, okay, when we look at leaders, we say, okay, they're at the top. Yeah. They've arrived. Right, right. Everybody else serves them. Yeah. But to be a true leader, mm-hmm. it's a call to be the lead servant. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is just such a key attribute that, that, will, that will determine long-term success. I agree. Um, because it's just, it's just so crucial. Um, and and, I, and I, here's, here's the other reality, too, is that, that I've learned mm-hmm. is in starting ResGen, which, yes, it's a nonprofit, but you run it like a business. It takes work. And you have to just continue to show up. Even when adversity happens, even when challenges arise, I mean... All of us have experienced challenges over the last couple of years, especially with, with COVID and all the different things we've had to navigate. But it's the resiliency of people that, um, that will keep you in the game and keep you showing up. And one of the keys, I think, again, this is a, another attribute of, of a leader that I think has to be in place, is that you have to surround yourself pe- with people that know you and know you deeply and that can help you be resilient when maybe you're feeling like, I don't know if I can show up Mm -hmm. that, that they are those people that can, that can encourage you, that can challenge you, that can question you at times. Um, which of course is, is crucial. If you're going to be a good leader as well is you got to let people in so that, cause not everything we say is going to be great all the time or perfect all the time. It's good to be, have, have people that will, that will be able to say, are you sure about that? Right. Right. So that's, that's been really key. I think to getting us to where we're at. So let me, here's what I heard which is brilliant. And I don't want you to miss what he just said because I, I can't, I mean, it, I th- you said it so brilliantly. It's really about relationships, number one. 100%. You, you have to care. Yep. You got genuinely care. You have to develop some resiliency. Right. I mean, it's not easy. Resiliency of, uh, you got to show up mm-hmm. even when you don't want to. It's the old quote of uh, greatness takes place in the empty stadiums, not in the full stadiums. Right. So what are you doing every day when it's tough? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who are you when things don't go your way? Right. Yeah. So if you have great relationships, you have some resiliency, and then show up as a servant mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. I heard it right, didn't I? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and and I I don't know how brilliant it is, but I will yeah. tell you this: is I, I feel like that those are those are just those are character things, mm-hmm. um, which when we have strong character mm-hmm. and we have consistency in that character, mm-hmm. and we're the same person on the stage mm-hmm. as we are off the stage, yeah. and whatever your stage happens to be, yeah, that's where you will really see a meteoric rise in your, in your leadership yep. because people notice that. Like you said, yeah. you said something earlier that, um, that, that uh, like the first time you told me, you said, you know, I've been watching you for a couple of years mm-hmm. and uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. We have a yep. lot of, of, yep. of people that we, we both hang out with. Um, but you said, I've just been watching for a couple of years. Yeah. And what you were watching for is, is he the same person? Yeah. Is he the same yeah. person on the stage as he is? He, yeah. Is that authentically who Tom is? Right. And that's who I strive to be every single day yeah. is yeah. authentically me. Because when I am, when you are, mm-hmm. um, we can lay our heads on the pillow at the end of the day yeah. and say, yeah. today was a successful day yeah. because that was authentically me. Yeah. And you know, I, as you say the word authenticity, what always follows that is vulnerability. And as you describe that, I've struggled with that at times in my life. I still do today of, you know what? I want to put the hard shell on. I don't want to talk about my emotions. I not want to talk about where I'm screwing up. I want to try to, you know, hide some of Mm -hmm. that stuff, even though then it just grates at me. So the more that I can put those people around me, that's another key attribute of a great Mm -hmm. leader. You have to have somebody that can see your blind sides, Mm -hmm. somebody who challenges you. And then speak to what you're really struggling with. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's, so you don't have to be perfect is what you got to hear Tom say here. You have to be authentically you. You got yes. to strive to be consistent. And when you screw up, it's okay to say, I screwed up and this is what I'm feeling. Oh, that's so key, Nathan, because so, and you just mentioned a word that I was going to, I was going to throw in there is one of the things that I've struggled with for years is just that whole perfectionism piece. Yeah. You know, like uh, earlier when I'm like, oh, what's that quote by four set, right? Yeah. And then I, yeah. I butchered it like three times, you know, so like, <laughs> yeah. and, but, and I'm like, oh man, I didn't do it right. You know what it was though? It's authentic. Right. And, and I could hang yeah. my head and, 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 and be bummed about it, but no, that's authentic. Yep. I couldn't remember it. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We, we have times in our life mm-hmm. that we just, just be you. It's yeah. okay. We don't have yeah. to be perfect all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and I love what you just said just a second ago of great leaders also can admit when they're wrong or when they don't know something. Yeah. Think about that as, as parents. Yeah. If we have to know all the answers for our kids, yeah. then number one, they're not going to understand how to figure out some answers on their own. Yeah. But number yeah. two, we're eventually going to let them down because yeah. the reality is, is as dad, I don't know everything <laughs> like flat out. I do not know everything. Yeah. So, so like those are, those are such key things for other people to see is like, you know what? I don't know that. Right. I don't, I don't know. Like the, the questions that, that we'll get from our kids of, of like, you know, wh- why did this happen? I don't know, but maybe we could find that out together. Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah. Great question. Okay. So you've mentioned a couple of times, a number of key people that have been a part of your life. Yeah. So who are some great leaders that have helped mentor you? What did they do? I mean, you mentioned some of that, but what are some things that about them that mm-hmm. really, whether they've been in your life, you've read about them. T- tell me about some people in your life that have helped you. 
Yeah, and when when you when you mentioned that that uh, that you wanted me to talk about some of those guys, you know, I think our thoughts automatically go to oh, well, the John Maxwells of the world, or I read this book, John Acuff. You know, who I'm a big yep. fan of, John yep. Acuff, yep. and and uh, but I was like, no, but who are those those true mentors, the people that have walked with me, that I've seen in the trenches, that I've seen on the stage, so to speak, but then also in everyday real life. And I think about just um, one of the there's there's three people specifically that I think about when I talk about them. Um, Number one, uh, I got you and I both know Reed DeVries. Um, Reed DeVries, who just has helped me in so many different ways throughout my life. Um, I I would say he really has helped me in my thinking. Yeah. You know, he just, he helps me think differently. Think about things from different angles. We all come at different topics or, you know, decisions or whatever with one from one direction. And he always, he always does, he always says, Tom, well, just make sure that you're always asking the right question. Yeah. Because you're never going to get the, the right answer when you ask the wrong question. Yeah. So let's make yeah. sure we're asking the right question. And then he says, and we all tend to look at it from this way. But what if we shift over and we look at it from this yeah. angle? Does that change yeah. our perspective at all? And so he's really helped me kind of process mm-hmm. just my thinking. Um, Alan Kiesbo, um, who was uh, was uh, my youth pastor when I was a kid. And he was actually my fill-in dad. I, I lived with, with a couple different families. Mm-hmm. My senior year of, of high school and my freshman year of college. That's another part of my story that we didn't really get into. But... Mm-hmm. Um, but it was during that time that I saw the true servant heart that he talked about on a stage mm-hmm. lived out in his home, mm. the way that he served his wife, mm. the way that he served and loved his kids. Mm-hmm. And just, and then it didn't stop at the home though. Yeah. It just fled out into the community. And yeah. so if I have half the servant heart that he has, mm-hmm. man, I, w- I would love that. Yeah. And then the other uh, guy that I, th- I think of very fondly is my very first uh, lead pastor when I was a youth pastor in Portland, Oregon for six years, right out of college. And uh, his name was Chris May. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget what he told me, Nathan. He said, I was 23 years old mm-hmm. and he wanted to hire somebody else mm-hmm. because I didn't have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, Here- here's what I want you to know. He goes, you don't know how to preach. You don't know how to manage a budget. You don't know how to lead a youth ministry and deal with parents. Mm -hmm. But I can teach you all that. Mm -hmm. What I can't teach you is heart. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do have. And that statement Mm -hmm. for a 23-year-old kid who struggled with affirmation, Mm -hmm. a 23-year-old kid that really wondered, you know, do I have what it takes to even do something like this? Mm -hmm. Um, It spoke just so much confidence into me. Uh And I think of that when I look at so many individuals that are, when I'm sitting with people, and I think that I've just really tried to look at people through that lens mm-hmm. is saying they may not have this skill. They may not have this, you know, character trait or may, they may not, you know, have, you know, whatever they think they need or I think they need or whatever. But but where's their heart at? Mm. Do they have that heart um, to to really succeed? And so that for me was that was a life changing statement that I'll never forget. So so many. I, I mean, what's a great man. Yeah, dude, for sure. I mean, yeah. So Reed DeVries, as we both know, is I love what he taught you just about looking at it from a different perspective mm. and knowing Reed, he does it with enthusiasm. Yeah, totally. 
and humor. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's just got ways of he doesn't, you never feel judged. No, right? no. You always feel loved. So yes. I read. But then I love what you said about Alan Keysville. And I know now my kids and my wife will hear this. And say, so say, hey, Dad, mm-hmm. you could do a little more of that. What <laughs> Alan Keysville guy that Thomas taught him. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be a little more consistent and take care of us. But then the last thing you guy Chris made that you just mentioned, heart. Mm-hmm. That touches me specifically. You know, my one word for this year has been heart. Mm-hmm. And as I've been pulling apart heart, the reason I chose that word is because it appears in Scripture like 877 times. Mm-hmm. And I have such a tendency throughout my life in my own leadership to operate right here in my neofrontal cortex. Yeah. And how do I connect this 18 inches between my heart and my head? So just hearing what Chris told you, mm-hmm. we all need to hear that. Yeah. Yes. But, um, and because of that, there's a couple of words that have always meant super, like just a lot to me. One being heart and the other one, you know, restoration because of the restoration that took place yes. between my, me and my dad. And, but the, you know, my book, Heart Not Hype, um, that I know you've seen, yes. um, it's, it's all about that because so many times we think about how hyped we get for life, right? right. Or hyped we get for this thing or that yeah. thing, but hype fades yeah. and it changes, yeah. totally. you know, but our heart, that's something that we always want to, we want it. We want to love our spouses with more heart. You know, right. we want to put more of our heart into relationships, into our work, into yeah. everything that we do, mm-hmm. because that's what it's about. And yeah. so, how, and so, my book is, is is a discipleship book on you know turning our our hype about God into a heart form. Mm-hmm. But even if you're not um, you know really into the faith, just understanding like man, life, and we all know this because we don't live our lives on the mountaintops. Yeah, right. We live our lives, yeah. especially in South Dakota where you and I live, yeah. on on what I call the valleys of, of normalcy, yeah. Yeah. and in in the in the in the in, on the plains of of yep. challenges. Yep. You know, yep. I mean that's that's yep. where we live. Yep. Yeah. And so it ain't about the hype. No, no. <laughs> it's about the heart. Yeah. And where does the fruit grow? It doesn't grow on the top of the mountaintop. It, it's growing in the valleys. To- totally. Yeah. That's, where, that's where we grow most. Totally. We grow most yeah. through failure. Mm-hmm. And that was why, you know, even in my struggle with perfectionism, and I'm not saying I'm through it. I mean, yeah. I still struggle with perfectionism, yeah. Oh, okay? Yeah. yeah. But um, in my quest for perfectionism, I'm really robbing myself of growth. Right. Right. Totally. Makes us not try stuff. Yeah. Tell it we got it perfect. Can't launch anything until it's perfect. Right. I know. Don't want to screw up a quote. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But I think people, we become more magnetic to people when we are real. Mm-hmm. Right. But if everything's always all buttoned up, you got to start always wondering. Right. Right. Okay. So one thing that I've noticed about leaders. So you've given us some great attributes. But one thing that I've noticed is that they, leaders have a good routine. Whether it's a morning routine, which a lot of them have, what's your routine look like? How do you keep this stuff fresh? How do you keep focused? Yeah. How do you motivate the motivator, if you will? Well, so, and I hope I don't disappoint you with yeah. with my answer to this question because, um, and it's but it's probably not going to surprise you that my routine is totally about relationships. And here's what I mean by that: um, it's there's there's three relationships that I think of when I go about my days. My relationship with God, my relationship with myself, and my relationship with others. 
And so um, one of the things that I have strived to do, especially my quest for perfectionism, is try to, to try to build this strategy of, okay, if I do this first and then I do this and then I do this, then I will arrive at whatever, you know, kind of growth I want for that day or whatever. Yeah. Um, but what I've found is, is in, with my personality, which I think is sometimes, you know, that we need to take into account a lot of times totally. is just our own personality because what works for you may not work as well for me. Right. There are principles and there are things that you do do that I need to incorporate into my life, but it may not be exactly how you do it. Yeah. Um, but for so many times, again, maybe it was because of my, my desire to please other people. I felt like, well, I should do it like they want me to. Right. So it took me a little while to kind of really understand that for myself. Yeah. And so here's what I've found. I've found that um, there's, there's a few things that I need to do every single day that will benefit those three relationships, God, myself, and others. Um, without question, I have to be reading or listening to, to the word at least once or multiple times through the day. One of the easiest ways for me to start my day is, uh, you know, I, I did, we did not have smartphones when you and I were kids, but we got them now. And so for me, I love turning on the, the audio Bible app as I'm getting ready in the morning, in the shower, you know, trimming up the beard, whatever. And, and I just listen to the word of God, just gets my day going in the right direction. And so, and then as, as I have time throughout the rest of the day, I try to show up for one. One of the things I do do every day is um, I show up for at least one meeting 15 minutes early mm -hmm. and I get some reading in. That reading, that may be reading something of that's more spiritual nature. It may be something that's a little bit more formative or leadership focused, mm -hmm. um, which is the, another way that I invest in myself mm -hmm. is that, is that I take time to rest mm -hmm. uh, because if, if I, I just know for myself that if I book my day, hour, 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 and I don't have any margin in there mm -hmm. for just a breather, yep. I'm not going to be effective when, during my day, yep. and I'm going to come home and not have anything left for, for my wife and kids. Mm -hmm. And so then that's not taking care of my relationship with those key relationships, yep. the most important relationships yep. uh, in my life. So that falls under the others category as well. Um, and, and then the, the other part of the others uh, piece is, and why margin is so important and why I don't book my day solidly is because I just know that every single day I'm going to have multiple opportunities to give life to other people. Yeah. And if I don't have margin built in, even if it's just a little bit, then I'm going to, I'm going to miss those opportunities. Yep. And so finding ways to, okay, if, if I, if I have a meeting at a coffee shop downtown, um, instead of packing one right, right after that, like, mm -hmm. let's say I do one at 10 and one at 11, yeah. I'm going to move that, that second one to 1115 or 1130, mm -hmm. because I'm pretty much guaranteeing myself that I'm going to have an opportunity somewhere mm -hmm. to have a conversation with someone that's going to allow me to serve them in a way that they maybe didn't know that they needed mm -hmm. and that I didn't have planned. But sometimes I think it's in those unplanned things mm -hmm. that we find that was our purpose for that day. You know, I think that's, I'm learning something right now that I need to do a better job of that. Because, you know, you put your badge of honor when you look at your calendar and it's all full. Well, really? <laughs> it's not any margin in there. So I think that's some brilliant advice. Well, and, and the hardest thing is, is Nathan, as you know, is that there are seasons sure. where that's where that's hard. It's hard. 
Yeah. It's, it's hard to do that. Yeah. You know, and I will tell you that before the ResGen Men Summit and my marriage event, Date Night Comedy, yeah. um, that month, five, six weeks prior to that, it yeah. is very, very difficult. And that's okay. Then, and that's right? okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, but the reality is, is saying, okay, but if we live our entire year like that. Yeah. If, and the other thing is that, that I've found, and, and I just want to go on just because I'm so, I'm so focused on the marriage piece for those that are married. Yeah right now is we can be killing it out in out in the working world yeah i mean we can we can be killing it yeah but our home can be really struggling yeah and so that's where i think that making sure that that margin is there also yeah. so that we can make sure that when things arise with our families mm-hmm. that we're that we're available okay, yeah. And that's, yep. I mean, we have the, one of the things that, that this is, I, this is not a quote that, that I made up. I don't know who originally I had to give them credit, but it's, you know, we have a lot of, of abilities. Every single one of us, we've got a lot of abilities. We've got a lot of gifts, a lot of talents, but the most important ability we have is availability. And so how do we make sure that we are available when needed? We can't always, there's just reality, yeah. but when possible, yeah. Can we make sure that we can be? Yep. And you know, I would say that's another thing that I've had to learn over the years that we think that by not being available and just grinding and doing all these other things that that's somehow how we show love mm. in our own mind. Yeah. Right. But you're right. Just that availability for those things, for people, for those mm. relationships, especially mm-hmm. some of them that are closest to us. So last thing I have for you today, okay, is... So many people will say, okay, I don't see myself as a leader, but I want to become a better leader. Mm -hmm. So for those people that say, well, I I just don't think I'm a leader, but I want to become a leader. Where do they start? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's a great question because I think the tendency is, well, I should just go and read more leadership books. Yeah. I should go watch more leadership podcasts or or whatever. And those aren't necessarily wrong answers because there's a lot of wisdom and information that can be gathered from that. Yep. And then hopefully it's not just gathered, but it's implemented and then it comes and then there's output. Yep. Right. But I think that, that if you want to become a leader, I think you have to become a better, like understander. That's not a, a very good word, but um, watcher of people and listener of people and saying, because again, if leadership is about people, yep. how much are we becoming students of the game? Yes. If, if, if we want to become a better football player, yep. we're going to be studying our playbook. Yep. We're going to be, we're going to be training. We're going yep. to just be doing everything yep. we can to become a better football player. Mm-hmm. So if we want to become a better leader, there is a studying component, yep. no question. But at the same time, we become better as we are with people, as we begin to understand people more and more and more. Yep. Um, and it's by, you know, by getting in the game, it's by getting in the game and, and saying, Hey, what can, what can I um, what can I learn from listening and watching mm-hmm. and being in the game? Obviously, we need to surround ourselves with people that are good leaders, that we yep. see showing the character, showing yep. that they're the same person off yep. the stage as they are on it. We need to surround ourselves with the people. You and I both know that we become the average of the top five people we hang out with. Yep. I'm a big believer in that. I know I you are too. Yep. And And so let's surround ourselves with people that will challenge us and help us grow in that. Yeah. But... The reality is as well is that we need to also be saying, okay, 
who are we called to lead and how do we understand those people better? Because we can read books all day long. We can listen to podcasts all day long. We can listen to our five top leader friends all day long. But until we really get in and we listen to what, to people, what's going on in their world, we're going to, we're going to miss a key part of the education. I I can't agree with you more. And I think what I want you to really do here, I just want to recap it. We, first of all, you got to be observant. You got to learn to listen, Mm. but you better go find some people. If you want to level up your leadership, yeah. go find those people. Because we have a tendency to play it safe, don't we? Mm-hmm. To get people around us that make us feel good, right? That keep us here. Mm-hmm. We've got to put ourselves into those other environments mm-hmm. to level up our skill sets. Yep. And I think when we do that, we will. But we observe, listen, and then implement. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yep. Yep, for sure. Okay. That's exactly right. And, and can I just share, share yeah. one, one more yeah. story real quick, just because this was such a powerful story. Um, and it came from building margin and it came from just noticing people. Um, but one of the things that I think that um, all people need is they need a voice of affirmation in their life. They need a voice of affirmation. Yeah. We, we need it in our lives. We need the people to challenge yeah. us, but we also need the affirmation, totally. right? Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that I started doing, Nathan, a couple of years ago was, and I know that, you, that you've got people that listen you know, all over the country and so they're in all different kinds of workplaces and so forth. But one of the things I started doing a couple of years ago was finding whoever was cleaning the building that, that was where I office at. Okay, office in a, an office complex at the Sioux Falls Seminary where there's a lot of different offices, a lot of different businesses and ministries and whatever. And I just found the person that was cleaning the office mm-hmm. and just whoever it happened to be that day and just said, hey, thank you for your work today. Hmm. Just consistently going and saying, thank you for your work today. I, yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, after months of doing that, mm-hmm. um, one of the custodians, her name is Susan, came in and knocked on my door and said, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, well, yeah, c- come on in. What's up? And she goes, um, my, my son is going to be let out of prison today. And he's going to be coming home. And she began to unpack some of the concerns, some of just her feelings and thoughts and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and so I just listened and, and just talked with her, encouraged her about, yeah. just, uh, about her, her role in that and all that. And then at the end of our conversation, as she was, she was walking out, she just, she just turned around and she said, thanks for taking time to talk to me today. I really needed that. And it just showed me, again, um, no, one, no one really knew about that, right? right? right. Um, yeah. That day. Yeah. But that's, that's the leadership off the field yeah. that I yeah. think flows into every other yeah. thing that we're doing because we can never, ever forget that it's about people. Yeah, and, and I commend you, and it's such a good lesson for us. She would never have come and talked to you unless you would have observed, listened, thanked her, gave those affirmations. She felt that familiarity, mm. right? That you paid attention. I think I honestly do feel that that paved the way to, to that conversation. And deal. ever since that time, yeah. and I don't do it all the time. I make tons of mistakes and, yeah. and uh, overlook people that I yeah. shouldn't overlook at times. But one of the things that I've tried to do consistently is whether it's a, a server at a restaurant or wherever, instead of saying, I appreciate it, I appreciate you. Yeah. I, pr- I appreciate awesome. your work. I was in a hotel last night, you know, um, just because I had to speak this morning at, at a, in another community near here, and and um, so the the gals that are cleaning the cleaning the hotel rooms, yep. and I just w- went up to each other and said, "Hey, thanks for your work today." Yeah. And you know, I can't help but think 
that that gave them a little bit of life today. Oh yeah, totally. And so, totally. and so the upper level executives need that affirmation. Yeah. We need that affirmation yeah. and everybody in between and yeah. below and every, all that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm going to go, we're going to keep this going. For yeah. <laughs> My wife taught me something on this. Tell me. When we stay in a hotel, she'll tip the people clean the room and write them a note. And at first I'm like, what? <laughs> just, just expect it. No. Yeah. She always will tip them and write them a little note. Oh, that's beautiful. So I think th those little things mm -hmm. make all the difference in the world. Oh. So and yeah. the other important thing is that um, we can learn something, guys. We can learn something from our wives. Oh, okay, wow, yeah. and we learn a lot, and we need to <laughs> we need to listen and watch more for oh, sure. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> all right. So how do these yeah, people get a hold of you? So where can they find you? Well, the easiest way is resgen.org. Resgen.org. R-E-S-G-E-N.org. It's all the information uh, from, from corporate talks to my podcast to yeah. uh, events that we do, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So I want to encourage you, go check out Tom. He's got a ton of great resources. If you can, no matter where you live, come attend the conference, whether in person, but you can get online no matter where you are. It's yeah. phenomenal. He's got phenomenal lineup every single year. It's always such a blessing. It's a great way to invest in yourself. So thanks again for taking time. Yeah, brother, for sure. Thanks right. for having me. Yeah. You can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at drnathanunruh.com.